got you interested in, in learning Old English? Um, I think it was via the dialect route because I, I, I was kind of interested because I've got, like I said, I've got grandparents who speak um, a very, well, I, I, conservative is probably not the right word, but a sort of a, a northern, a northwestern English dialect. And then I've got a great uncle who speaks um, a kind of Devonian West Country dialect. And I just thought it's it's so interesting how, you know, I wonder what the sort of progenitor of these dialects was. And in fact, it's more like different dialects of early modern English were kind of the, the point of divergence, I think. But but old English is just a kind of, it's just beyond the realm of understanding for most yeah. English speakers. Well, would I mean, you want... Middle English spoken quickly would be, wouldn't, like I wouldn't be able to understand Middle English if it was spoken quickly, but Old English, like you can't even read it unless you sort of put the effort in. Well, you might see what the odd old um, pronoun or something yeah. and be like, oh, yeah, I can kind of yeah. see that, but everything else is just, it's all Dutch or yeah, Greek to me. Like yeah. So do you want to talk a little bit about the the evolution of, of modern English and, and the changes that it's gone through in the last, what, uh, one and a half thousand years? Yeah, I mean, it was through the kinds of example texts you get, like you get Beowulf as an example text for Old English, and then you get something like Chaucer as an example text for Middle English. And it seems like there was a very sudden change, but in reality, in, in spoken form, it was probably quite gradual. Um, so between Old English and Middle English, you get things like, um, I think the biggest change there is a lot of the inflection drops off. So kind of unstressed syllables that carry grammatical meaning disappear towards the end of the old english period so that's when grammatical gender disappeared so that's why conjugation tends to be easier in english today is it and and yet you go back and you'll learn about he hath and he doeth and all of those things yeah Yeah. like that's i mean that the conjugation aspect kind of preserved in southern english until the 1600s which like as you say like the kind of shakespearean conjugation um but anything like grammatical gender disappeared and I think a lot of a lot of case stuff disappeared towards the end of the old English period as well in in almost all dialects. I think it start most of these things kind of started in the north and worked their way south. Can and you give us an example of, of when you well. say case? Can you think of something that you would use in old English? Um, so like like I mean I can't think of a specific example, but like with the dative case, you'd add certain things to the ending of the endings of adjectives when they described a particular um noun and that would also apply to gender so you'd have a specific ending for a given adjective for the the combination of case and gender and that kind of simplified in that unstressed syllables which is where this these inflections tend to be got reduced and weakened so so you ended up with all all of the vowels just kind of ending up being uh so that's why in middle english you have things like um each harbour instead of where in middle english uh, where in old english you'd have each habbe where the 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 um the inflection at the end would be e so it would have an actual vowel quality whereas in, in mid- that's not the best example so or, so in in unstressed syllables at the ends of words you would have these various different vowels and endings and things so you, yeah. you might have r at the end of one word and u at the end of another word and e at the end of another word but these just got reduced to uh in Middle English. So all any distinction between case or gender was lost because that's that's the only place that a lot of those grammatical distinctions were made were in the endings of adjectives. 
and do, verbs and things like that. Do we know what sort of underlies those changes? Because you imagine that, like with um, gender, you would think at some point language became much more complex than it began and you end up with these things like gender and conjugation and different tenses and everything like that. But then quite often they disappear and you're kind of like, well, what is it? What yeah. change happens beneath it right, at a cultural yeah. level that, that just says, okay, we're going to do this or is it just completely random and, you know, it just catches on? <clears throat> with, I think with gender, a lot of it is that in English, at least, the thing is, I don't know why gender appeared because that's, mm. I mean, Proto-European had gender or, or something akin to gender. So we can't really go much further back than Proto-Indo-European within the Indo-European language family. I don't, I don't know if there are any examples of languages spontaneously um, producing gender, but I, I mean, there must be something like that somewhere. But the loss of gender um, at, the, at the stage Old English was at, it really didn't make much ambiguity so um a lot of linguistic change is, is kind of the balance between avoiding too much ambiguity and making things easy to sort of pronounce if you see what i mean make, making things easy to kind of get the hang of and things like that so if people start reducing unstressed syllables and you know reducing for example, the number of definite art- the number of forms of the definite article there are, which is the only two ways you really differentiate gender, then gender disappears, like the distinction between genders disappears, and so it's it's sort sort of a moot point what gender a word is because it's it's a the concept doesn't really exist without those without that variation if you see what I mean. So if yeah. if, if all of the endings and all of the definite article forms are leveled, then gender is kind of a it doesn't exist as a concept anymore because if there's no distinction, there's no gender. And I think it's, it's just, it, it's more of a phonological thing because all you really need is in terms of endings is phonological changes, weakening those endings to the point that there's no distinction between them anymore. Yeah. And if, if that change doesn't produce ambiguity in the language. So for example, if people aren't getting confused because yeah. words don't have gender anymore, then it's it's allowed to happen and there's nothing stopping it from happening. But, oh, sorry. No, no, no. I was just going to say, but that's, yeah, it's so interesting that that sort of stuff happens, right? And I always find that with, I'm, I speak Portuguese at home with my wife because she's Brazilian and we're raising our child to speak Portuguese. And uh, it was one of those things when I was learning French and Portuguese and Italian, I'm always, always like, why are there so many, diff- why are the genders? Like, it seems like you could just get rid of this tomorrow and the language is going to be just as, yeah. comprehensible like, as it is today I, I don't understand why this is still here <laughs> yeah absolutely like you you speak to if you speak to a german or a or as you say an italian or a spanish person without grammatical gender they'll still know what you mean you'll yep. just sound like a foreigner well so I, I, when i, I was really... when i was learning chinese you learn that they don't have tenses the same way that we do they tend to have one verb that's the infinitive and they use it for all different um pronouns and they will say other words or give time or give context to tell you that it was yesterday or tomorrow or the day before yeah. yesterday. And you're like, oh, so they could make the argument, why do you have tenses? They're kind of useless. You, know, yeah. you don't need yeah. them. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. because you've been raised subjectively in this environment, you're like, well, of course we need tenses. Like, how else do we differentiate yeah, between like the how time? How we, yeah. <laughs> like, I think there's, there's, it's, it's one of those trade-off things. Like, there are languages which have not very many quite long words and the words you know have inflections which which store that kind of grammatical meaning and then you have languages um that have 
more words but the words are shorter and you know you tend to store that grammatical meaning in different in, in you know lots of collections of words rather than inflecting a given verb or a given adjective to have particular grammatical connotations i don't really i don't know much about mandarin is it or was it mandarin yeah well they and the interesting thing with mandarin obviously there are a lot of asian languages that are similar with the tones add a significant amount of meaning whereas in english and again i've only this is anecdotal but i think the only stuff that we kind of use in english with tones aside from intonation when you you know overall a sentence you're using it yeah, yeah on single words would be when you're saying things like uh uh-uh, uh like you're doing this dun, dun, or uh-huh yeah, yeah. like you're going dun, dun. Yeah. so we do have tones but it tends to be not really specific words but more those sort of like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that sort yeah, of stuff like where we not, use it they're not phonemic like they don't yeah they're not they're not like phonemic within the language they're only used in kind of isolated cases yeah exactly yeah. so but, it blows my mind with those sorts of languages where they they couldn't be more different from english and yeah, so yeah. the thing with Mandarin that looked from the outside so fucking hard to try and wrap your head around is l- effectively having to lose this kind of intonation when speaking and not being able to... Yeah, otherwise like, it confuses. Yeah, change I the meaning. So I, you would say something like, um, like, Zai-jian, and you're going, dun, dun, and it's, it's going up and it's meant to be goodbye. But I, yeah. from memory, I believe it's Jen. like it's meant to be going down and you're saying goodbye. Yes, and so you strange. can't really do it in a surprised, happy kind of manner, the same way that you would in English, like, see you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it has this completely different quality to the way in which you speak. And that's why I think um, Asian speakers from languages like uh, Cantonese and Mandarin and, and Vietnamese and Thai have a lot of trouble with getting the intonation in English because we don't have it necessarily yeah. on specific words unless we're emphasizing something and we use it for questions and stuff like that where they will have words that they just ad- insert at the end of a sentence yeah, to, to show it's a question. And you'll be like, it's two different ways of solving the same problem. It, it, yeah, like that's that's like what you said about them struggling to sort of find the intonation patterns of English. That's interesting because I think it's, it's something even I didn't really think about until um, earlier this year, I sort of met with one of the linguistics lecturers at my university and we had a bit of, bit of a talk about intonation and I didn't realize like one of my flatmates has almost or not flatmate anymore, but one of my flatmates for the last few years has almost the same accent as me, a sort of Southern English accent. Yeah. But Sometimes I just can't understand her when she talks. And I realized the reason for that was that her family is Irish and she speaks with Irish intonation. So it's just me getting confused because I don't expect that intonation with that accent. Yeah. And that was what was causing the difference. And I would have never, I, it would have never occurred to me that intonation makes that much of a difference to our understanding, but it, it really does. Well, even with tag questions in English, if someone asks me a question with a descending tone and they don't put a tag question on the end, I'll think it's a statement and they'll look at me like it's yeah. a question. And that's when I'm like, well, what, 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 what? Like, so if they say yeah. you're what going you out, me? you're going out and I'll be like, oh, well, well, is that an order? What? And they'll be like, no, I mean, are you yeah. going out? And you're like, well, you, you have to either invert it or put a, you're going out, aren't you? Yeah, you like, yeah. <laughs> but is anyway, that, is that like foreign, is that like second language English speakers or is it? Yeah. Like yeah, ex- exactly. English? Exactly. Sec- second language English speakers. And that's the sort of stuff that's really advanced when you start getting used to the intonation and those subtle things, you know, like sarcasm, you know, like um, the difference between, oh, good on you. And yeah, good on you. You know, that sort of yeah, stuff. You yeah. don't even realize with that intonation, there's a lot that's 
that's behind the words themselves in terms of you know rhythm or intonation this this other messaging that's coming across right that you may not get and i'll have that with portuguese where else i'll be speaking to someone and kel will be like he was actually really angry and i'll be like what i thought we were getting (laughs) along well (laughs) yeah that's, does it differ much from language to language then? Like how intonate? I mean, I suppose if it diff- differs from dialect to dialect, then it must differ from language to language. Like that was from my limited experience, the intonation definitely does. Like in Portuguese, I noticed myself using intonation differently. Um, like it goes up and down a lot more. Like if I was saying something like "Okay, você vai fazer mais tarde," like they do this dun, 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 sort of at the end of the sentences. Yeah. Like that was um, "What are you doing later?" And we would in English, you'd say "What are you doing later?" or "What are you doing later?" And they would, yeah, yeah, they would say something that's sort of similar depending on it, but they have this really different rhythm to it and a different intonation. In French, it's kind of flat, really flat. Yeah, like, I'd, I'd fais plus tard, you would say, you know, it's just all flat. There's no... Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah. So it is, it is interesting when you start getting the hang of those things and, and you realise just how much you're, you're sort of painting pictures with a limited set of colors when you speak one language and all of a sudden you're yeah, like, yeah. Oh, oh my God, there's these, all these other colors and everything. Yeah. But, like you never notice things about your own language. Yeah, exactly. What, what is, what have you learned from learning old English? Cause that must be like holding up a crazy mirror, right? <laughs> it's, it's a bit strange in terms of like going into it. You always, or at least I, I kind of expected it to be to resemble modern Germanic languages, but m- like most modern Germanic languages have lost like the case and the, the uh, uh, like a lot of modern Germanic languages have lost certain genders. So for example, I think Frisian only has common and neuter. It doesn't have all three genders anymore. Um, and, and for those listening, but, Frisian is where the Anglo-Saxons who came over into the UK mm-hmm. who brought old English were speaking an Anglo-Frisian dialect, right? They were, but like mod- modern Frisian, I think there are three Frisian languages that are still spoken in on the continent. The most common is that, or rather, the most widely spread is West Frisian, and that's like spoken in the in like a, a certain corner of the Netherlands. And they're th- they're theoretically the most similar languages to English, but there's there's really no resources to like learn them apart from resources in Dutch. So it's, they're, it's they're very hard to... so weird because you'll listen to someone and you're like, this person doesn't have an accent, but they're speaking a different yeah. language. So they're using, yeah, yeah, it sounds like really they're using cool. all the phonemes of English, all of the sounds yeah, of English, absolutely. but they've reordered things and you'll get this sort of like, I understood he just said, what is my name or something? Like there's basic sentences they'll say and you'll be like, oh, I understand all of that. And then it no, just exactly goes back out. Said.